Thank you so much again for joining us on this episode of the podcast. We have a really fun guest, but before we get started, don't forget we sell coffee to support the show. Two blends, Weekend Getaway and Summit View. They're all small batch roasted um, specialty coffee, and we put a lot of time and effort to make the high quality product because we love coffee. So if you want to enjoy a tasty beverage any time of year or day and support the podcast, Head over to 95adventures.com or hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and we will have it to your doorstep as soon as possible. And thank you so much for all your support of the show. Another thing I want to say, good people doing good things is Advantage Cooling and Heating in College Station, Texas. We had a problem with our heater. Uh, we don't ever run it, but it got really cold for a few days. We've got a newborn, and it's really chilly inside the house. Our heater wasn't working. The, they came over, fixed it, and we're out of the way in no time. And they're honest and great people. I can't recommend them enough. So please, if you are in the College Station or Bryan area and you are looking for a guy to fix or repair your AC or heater, give them a shout. It's Advantage Cooling and Heating. If you need more information, hit me up on any of my social media accounts and I will give you their contact. All right, let's move on to the guest of this episode. It is Gino Gotelli, he is an action sports photographer, really all-around photographer, but he focuses on action sports in the San Diego area, and he will travel everywhere, as you'll hear in this episode, but he is a phenomenal photographer. I really enjoyed getting to talk to him. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. So please enjoy this awesome episode with Gino Gotelli. All right, let's do it. There you go. Man, awesome. thanks for... Thanks for coming on. Now, how do you say your last name? Gotelli. Gotelli. Okay. I didn't want to yeah, pronounce it wrong. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, Gino Gotelli. Gino Gotelli. Well, man, thanks for being on, dude. I've been, um, I guess I've kind of been a fan of your photography for a while. Like it's, you do all the action support stuff and it's, it's really rad stuff, but then you also have landscape and a bunch of other stuff. And then I messaged you out of the blue. I'm like, do you do this full time for a living? You're like, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's, I mean, it seems like a tough industry to make a living. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely is, especially right now with the pandemic and everything. Um, so a little back history. I was living in Texas two years ago. It's originally where I'm from. Uh, and I was focused a lot more on like family portraits and stuff like that uh, over in Texas. Um, with occasionally just shooting the homies, you know, uh, with or uh, roll blading and stuff like that. But um, when I was making money doing it over in Texas, it was family portraits, events, things like that. Um, so, and then when I moved over here to San Diego, I really wanted to start focusing more on the action sports side. So, so th that's where I think the transition is is interesting to me that you do that full time. <clears throat> Excuse me, because. I feel like family portraits and all that good stuff, like people are going to have time to do that. You can go to the park, you can go do stuff outside like that versus the action sports side. I imagine you have a lot of freedom, but there's, doesn't, is it hard to break in where you start to make money taking pictures of like rollerbladers and skateboarders and stuff like that? For sure. Yeah. Good question. So the way that I kind of am going about it, uh, with the action sports stuff is you have to be like really engaging with like whatever community that you're in. So like, whether it's like, so right now, obviously I do rollerblading. And so I'm focusing a lot more on that because I want to give back to the industry more. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not opposed to going out and, and trying to do something for skateboarding or BMXing or surfing, even surfing's huge out here. Um, so at the moment, as far as the other sports, other than rollerblading, it's just about me going out and making a connection with some of those other athletes and, um, uh, saying, Hey, you know, I'm an action sports photographer. This is what I do. You know, are you looking for, uh, just basically how I was doing for family, family portraits? Like, would you like a photo just of yourself or do you ride for a brand, um, that maybe they're looking for some, some content and that I can help capture that for them. You do that with the surfers as well? Because you have some rad shots on your website, man, of surfers. When I went there, I was like, man, that's a really sweet shot. Like, so, I don't know if it's from a drone or how you do that. Yeah, so that, that recent one, I was, uh, I was actually on a pier. Uh, I don't have an underwater housing unit at the moment, uh, but I was just at uh, Oceanside Pier 
and my wife and I were just walking up and down. I brought my camera and the surfers were out that day. The waves are really nice. And this, you know, this one guy was just coming towards me and uh, I just happened to be at like this really good angle. And I don't surf personally. I think it's gnarly. I would love to learn how to do it. Um, but I know how to take photos. And so I was like, you hey, know, hang on just a second. My dogs are acting stupid. No worries, brother. You're good. <laughs> Okay, that's a fun one for the deal. All they're going to hear like over you talking this awesome thing is the freaking dogs howling at a siren going by. No worries, dude. Yeah, I had to close my windows because I'm in downtown San Diego and I never know when, you know, an alarm or something's going to go off. It's pretty loud sometimes. So uh, well, what was we're it in saying? like a little tiny suburb here in College Station and it's like nothing ever happens and a siren goes by and my, my pointer can't help himself but to howl. And then yeah. the other dog just wants to bark along with like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to bark with you. Yeah. I got so. a black lab and I we're me and my wife, I guess we're kind of blessed because he doesn't howl, he doesn't really bark unless like we're out and about and you know, he sees somebody that's kind of sketchy. He's like, eh, I don't know about this person. And he might like have a small wolf or something, but he's, you know, other than somebody knocking on the door, he doesn't really make any too much noise. So that's awesome. We'll go. Okay. So pick back up with how you get these surfers and get them to take pictures and all that good stuff. Yeah. So for that last photo that I took recently of the surfer, I was just on the pier. Uh, he was coming towards me on the wave and, you know, I had my camera set up basically like in a high burst mode and I just kind of tracked him as he was coming through the wave. And, you know, we were just, I was just fired off a shot, um, a bunch of shots actually. And uh, one of them just turned out to be really sick that I liked and, took it into Photoshop and then just, you know, worked my magic, I guess. And, and it came out to be the way that it is. And I liked it a lot. And so I got a lot of good feedback on it. And um, one of my homies here, uh, Hayden, he's a, he surfs as well. And he was like, he was giving me the, the critiques of like, you know, what surfers kind of look for as far as what a good image is. Cause like I said, I don't really surf. Uh, actually I don't surf at all. And I was like, oh, you know, I asked him, I was like, is this a good photo? Because to me as a photographer, I think it looks good. But, you know, he was saying like, yeah, the way that the guy's like carving out of the wave, the fins they're showing and stuff like that, like it's a good perspective. Um, there's some other th shots that like you kind of want to show like the barrel or the wave, like from a lower uh, perspective and stuff like that. Um, and that just sometimes takes like getting into the water, uh, which I said, like, I don't have an underwater housing unit at the moment. So but that's definitely something that I would love to get into a lot more. Um, and it's just about going to approach these guys like out at the beach and being like, Hey, you know, I'm a photographer. Um, are you looking for some shots and stuff like that? Um, there's a company that is a new company recently. It's like San Diego surfers. Uh, they have like this app that is trying to connect surfers with videographers and photographers and things like that. So that it, it is a little bit more accessible for guys that just want to get either some video shots or some photos and stuff like that. So I, I've been trying to, I've been wanting to do that uh, to see how that can kind of help out my business as well. That's a pretty rad yeah. idea. I mean, it's, I think that's kind of cool for every, well, I mean, skateboarders and rollerbladers tend to have their homies there that they can videotape, but surfers, it's a little tough because everybody's out surfing Who's going to go out there and videotape? You got to get in the water and you have to have some pretty expensive equipment from what I hear. Yeah. The, like the housing unit itself is just like $1,300. And then, you know, on top of the camera equipment that you have to already have and stuff. So I feel like, you know, not every surfer out there is like a sponsored surfer or stuff. They're just, but they would, I feel like they would like to have, you know, uh, some video or, or just photography of them. I mean, who wouldn't want to have that? Like, you know, doing the thing that they love the most so <laughs> yeah and it's pretty right you just fly your drone out there and take pictures of them uh like and then tell them about it afterwards yeah so um i've done a couple of them where like i'm basically on the beach and right as they're going out so you know you're getting like that before shot of them like running into the beach and stuff like that that you know classic cali surfer vibe kind of deal and then I try to get as close as I can because like uh, my telephoto lens isn't that doesn't go 
as far sometimes as like the waves are at because um, I've learned a lot about water uh, living out here in California and just like high tide, low tide and things like that. Cause you know, in te- Dallas where I'm originally from, we don't obviously have any of that. So I had to learn so <laughs> much about like the water and stuff. And I'm like, okay, high tide, like the, you know, it's way out there. The waves are going to be out there. And they're like, these guys are like 500 yards out. And with the longest telephoto lens I have is a 200 millimeter, which sometimes doesn't really do the pick, uh, do, do the job. So it's best for me to get on the pier if they're surfing close to a pier. That way I can kind of get at, you know, a closer level and stuff. Um, but occasionally I get lucky and I'll be on the beach and, I, you know, filming wise is really cool. And just, I just kind of follow them and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. So what brought you out to California from, from Dallas? Yeah, my, uh, so my wife and I, uh, we were originally living there for a couple of years prior to, uh, living in Seattle. And, um, we just, we're like travelers, man. We, we like to move around and we can't really stay still very long, I guess. And it's like almost every two years, it's like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going? And so she really wanted to be next to the beach and, you know, the sun and her idea was San Diego. And I was like, I'm all about it. And uh, it's funny, like I was all about it. And then like weeks before the move, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, this is a big move. Like, you know, I didn't really have a job lined up at the moment. Like I was doing photography in Dallas and I was like, how am I going to like move my business from Dallas to San Diego? Like, you know, it's just different. You know, I didn't really know families out here to take photos for. So I was going to have to restart my whole business. Um, I had originally been in the service industry for like 10 years and I really didn't want to jump back into that. Uh, but I had to, so that we can, you know, make a living out here and ended up being fine. You know, we got out here, I got a job pretty quick. My, my wife transferred with her job. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, Man, honestly, it's been the past two years living here. It's almost been like just one big vacation because San Diego is so nice. Like it's it's some days are just kind of unreal. The weather here is like amazing. That's what I've heard. It's awesome. That's one of the places I haven't been to in California. Um, But I've heard it's just like it's everybody goes there wants to stay there yeah it's you know we came so like two years ago in january to scope the place out it was like a couple of cloudy days and then like the last day that we were here when we were we're just checking it out to see where we were you know maybe gonna live the the sun came out it was like 70 degrees and it was i mean it was perfect like what like what everybody says and uh we were like yeah this is definitely gonna be amazing and and so we got our lease and everything we moved over here and like the average over here is like 70 degrees and sunny. I mean, even right now, the other day we were out skating, it was 86 degrees. And I know the homies back in Dallas, you know, they're freezing, like having skate sessions outside. And I, I remember what that was like. Like sometimes you go out and it's like 30 degrees, but it really feels like, you know, 25 and you still want to skate. And uh, yeah, that's, that's brutal. But, you know, I was kind of, I felt a little lucky to be out in January with 86 degrees and sunny. So <laughs> I'm a little spoiled now. <laughs> like I'm still in shorts. I'm chilling in a t-shirt. The weather's great. Don't have to worry about Dude, I tell like, you. When, you fall, when you fall, it hurts so much worse when you're cold. You're like, Oh, everything just broke. Yeah, dude. No, I don't have to worry about any of that. Like it's, it's a nice day. Like imagine the nicest skate session day you've had. That's, that's pretty much average around San Diego. And it's, it's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. It's kind of cool that you travel around and you just jump around and make all these different moves. So where are all the other places that you've lived? Uh, so we we're living in South America in Chile. My, uh, so my dad is from Chile. Uh, originally he, uh, came over to the United States in the eighties, uh, met my mom, my mom's, uh, from Texas originally. And, uh, I was born 88 and, you know, grew up in Dallas all my life up until about 25 or so, I want to say, or yeah, 24. And then we moved to South America for a little bit. I stayed with my uncle out there. Um, My wife was going to school to learn to teach English for people out there. 
and I was going to school to learn Spanish. Actually, my dad never taught me. That's his first language, but he just <laughs> never taught me growing up. And I was like, I always, you know, I always give him shit. I'm like, hey man, why don't you ever teach me Spanish? And he was like, you know, it's just different when one parent only speaks Spanish and the other one speaks English. And I was like, you know, whatever. And uh, so, and after Chile, we ended up moving to Seattle. Uh, and my, my mom was living up there for, uh, actually she still lives up in Seattle now. And, uh, we stayed there for about three years. Um, and Seattle is just beautiful, man. Like the Pacific Northwest, I, I highly encourage anybody to, to go check that out once in their life for sure. I mean, if you've never been so, uh, and then after that, we moved back to Texas, um, because my wife's family had some family uh, emergencies her grandmother was not doing too well so we moved back because we want to be closer to that uh, to her so that you know we could spend more time with the family and that was really good Uh, and then when we we were down in Texas that's actually when we got married like shortly after we returned and stuff like that and so we've been married for about two years two years now so going on three it's pretty good. So did your wife have to get another job when you moved or did she transfer every single time and you just switched jobs every time? Yeah. So f- let's see. When we moved from South America to Seattle, we had no jobs lined up in Seattle. And, you know, we were both in the service industry. So we're like, you know, we can just get back into, you know, waiting tables and stuff like that, which it, w- and that's, which is what we did. And uh, it was fine you know, like we liked it. it. We were really just there for the experience of like wanting to experience life a little bit more and uh, seeing what the rest of the world had to offer kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, my mom lived up there and that was really great. Uh, uh, my brother as well, my brother moved up there. Um, so it was just kind of a really cool experience after we all like, you know, we're a little bit older out of high school and college and things like that. We didn't really we're not really like planners. Like we didn't really have like, Hey, we're going to buy this house and stay here for like the next, you know, 10 or 15 years or so. Like we didn't really know what we wanted to do. And we just kind of wanted to see the world. And, you know, (laughs) we had some friends say like, or some friends of mine say in the past, like, you know, when we went to South America, it was uh, me and my wife were newly together. And so they were like, man, if you can, if you can survive, you know, your newly together relationship with a girl, like in another country and stuff, like you guys are probably meant to be together and stuff. And it was really great. Like after that, we went, like I said, to Seattle and, you know, she got along really well with my mom. Uh, she gets along well with my, my dad and my stepmother and uh, it's just been really great. And so we got married back in Texas. Sorry, I'm kind of like jumping all over the place. That's kind of how my mind works. <laughs> and then once we were married, uh, we just, decided hey why not san diego and you know here we are two years later like so that's kind of it's pretty awesome that you can just jump up and do that it's like really awesome that you can just jump up and go someplace that's like a big fear and like what you said going to san diego you, you didn't know how to move your business and your job that's a big fear when people are talking about a move to uh another town much less a state you know, the further you yeah. go, the more scary it gets because the cultures are different. You don't know what to expect. Cost of living is way different. There's all sorts of factors in there. And you have nothing to rely on when you go as far as like you did to San Diego. Absolutely, dude. Trust me. I, I'm saying it and don't take it lightly. Like I was nervous as shit. Like that, there were some things like my wife was like, no, we can do this. So it's like, oh my God. Like I'm like stressing out. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, like you said, like I just said, like my whole business was in, you know, in Dallas and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like, we're going to have to start all over, which once it got going and like, basically we made the move. Cause we had already, we had already done it from Seattle and stuff like that. I was like, look, it's just like, just get, <laughs> just go take the leap of faith. Just do it. Once you're there, you'll figure it out you're an intelligent person, you know how to handle yourself, like you can figure it out, <laughs> you know, you can just figure it out. And, uh, and we did. And, and luckily, you know, she was able to transfer from her job. So like, and we had, a, you know, some savings and stuff like that. And, and we just made it work. You have to, you know, if, if you, that's kind of like that thrill, the adventure of like just branching out to other places. And, um, 
it is scary. I'm not going to say that it's not, but like, I think people that do it, you know, they grow from it and it's, it just changes you for the better. And I've known friends that have done it or people that, you know, they travel and stuff like that. I like, I think they're very well cultured and things and it, it just shapes you as a person. And I, I, man, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Does it help like not just the traveling part and like going to Seattle, making friends and then Dallas back at home, but the being the action sports stuff, but being involved in rollerblading or anything like that, skateboarding, bike riding, the communities seem to be like real tight. Like wherever you go, if you take your BMX out and you find another guy that's riding BMX, you instantly have this connection. It's the same thing with it's, there's a lot of different things. CrossFit, the, like you name, whatever the jujitsu Mm-hmm. mixed martial arts whatever it is but did that the rollerblading stuff help you like you just skate around you find other rollerbladers you talk to people and you meet people and go that way or was it still a little foreign out there in san diego no yeah definitely they uh so even in south america like just because i rollerbladed like the community out there you know i didn't know anybody out there uh but they had a facebook page and um you know i had just got on instagram back in the day and when, before I moved out there and Josh Glowicki, actually, I don't know. Do you, you know who Glow is? I know who Glowicki, he is. I don't Josh know him, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he was like, dude, you got to get on Instagram. Like, you know, that people are like meeting up, like this is a great way to connect and stuff like that. And so I did, and I reached out to like, com- you know, the community out in South America. I kind of knew a few people out in, in Seattle. Um, so I kind of just branched out to them a little bit. They had like a, a Wednesday night skate. And I kind of joined that. I joined that to just kind of meet people. Um, but definitely the sport like helped me get into these little, you know, clicks, if you will, to just kind of make myself feel comfortable, like in the area, make some friends and things like that. That definitely helps. Cause if you go into a place where you don't know anybody, you know, maybe you're the type of person that you thrive off of that. For me, I'm like, man, I, you know, I want to make some friends. I want to, I want to hang out with some peeps and stuff like that. And uh, here in San Diego, I actually, I didn't go skate for like the first year and a half or so. Just like there were some of the guys that they skated heavily and uh, I, you know, I just never really wanted to go skate. I don't know. I was really focused on like just me and my wife living in San Diego. We wanted to like just uh, see it for what it was and have like an experience together and stuff. And then finally, like, I was like getting more into my photography and I was like, you know, I kind of want to do, you know, skate photography or action sports. Uh, You know, I want to put my photography first again. And then uh, the industry out here with the rollerblading is super strong, super uh, old school bladers out here and new new school as well. And uh, it's been really good to connect with some of those guys and and just, you know, get together and be able to to shoot photos and stuff like that so how long did it take you to get out of the service industry and do this full-time once you moved so it started in texas i basically i worked at a steakhouse and i was just over it man to be if i'm gonna be honest like i was over the service industry it was just you know it's it's tough and uh i was wanting to do photography i i knew i could do it and i basically like took this leap of faith and i had been talking to myself in my head i'm like dude you can do this you know you can like there's people that would like for you to take their photos and stuff and i basically i quit my job and i was just like boom i'm gonna go do photography full on like i had no gigs lined up nothing and um there was a this chef his name is justin yokum and he actually used to be he was an old old rollerblader here in california he lives in houston now and uh he was a chef for a steakhouse over there and he helped me get a gig like basically on friday friday and saturday nights shooting like on on their red carpet event with a backdrop and stuff like that and he would pay me and like that was like my first kind of big gig i guess other than doing family portraits on the side for some friends and uh and then it just kind of went from there i was able to you know one of my other buddies like helped me out uh travis nicks with um this um furniture company 
I was basically just shooting product for this high-end furniture, which was really awesome. Uh, it was like every three months I had to go to their warehouse and shoot a bunch of couches, some tables, like just things like, but it was all high-end stuff. And so I got paid really well, which I was like, man, this is awesome. And I was able to survive off of that for, you know, a good year before we decided to move to San Diego. Um, and then when the pan, so we moved to San Diego, I end up actually having to go back into the service industry. Cause like, I just didn't have a way to start my business right away. And then once the pandemic hit, you know, I, I'm, I was put on unemployment. I'm still on unemployment. And I was like, man, I need to like, I need to have a side job. Like I need to, I need to be making some other kind of money because unemployment is, is not a lot, especially out here in, in San Diego. So I really just was like, I had to narrow down my niche. Like I, you know, I started reading a lot more business books and things like that. And I was like really trying to define myself as a photographer. And I was like, I need to do what I love. And that's like action sports. I love action sports. And uh, so I know about rollerblading. So I wanted to focus more about that. And I like love the industry. So I wanted to definitely be a part of that. And so uh, it wasn't until I like kind of made that decision to where I started making actual money doing it. So um, yeah. That's pretty crazy that I, I think it's really cool to see people like I always say that I've said it several times, but like the human spirit's crazy. Like if you throw an obstacle in their way, they'll just fig they'll figure out a way to make it happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you had this pandemic hit, you already wanted to do photography and you're just like, well, I got to do something. And you start your photography. And like you said, you read, you like you went a deeper dive into studying into what you want to do and make a niche out of it where you're doing just action sports stuff or mainly action sports stuff. You know, that's your focus. Not that you don't do the other stuff. It's just, this is what I love to do. This is what I'm going to do. And this is what will make it. And I think that bleeds through on all your photography. Cause it's it like, it seems like when you focus more on the things you enjoy doing, you just get better at that thing. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I didn't think about it like that until people started recognizing it, I guess, or like, you know, some of the, my friends back home in Dallas were like, dude, like, you know, where did this come from? And I, to me, in my eyes, I feel like it's just been like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's always been there, but like you said, if it wasn't until I really started to focus my energy towards like one specific thing. And I think that's, what's really been helping my photography uh, is, you know, because I know what, so basically when I go out and shoot, any kind of action sports, I imagine what is like the athlete hoping that they look like. Right. And since I've skated like for the past 20 years, I know what they're hoping to look like. And I, that's how I kind of work with my photography is like, all right, this is the angle I want to go with, with this lighting and, you know, the setup like this. And I think it would be cool to shoot this long instead of a fisheye because like, you know, Although fisheye is like, you know, highly recommended like in action sports and stuff, sometimes like getting the overall essence like of a spot and like with really good lighting, man, it's like, it's, it's what makes it. I, you know, it's like just getting like the clean image itself, not having to like always distort with a fisheye kind of a thing. So, um, yeah. And I just bettered my techniques, I guess, over, over, over the years. And so I learned, you know, more about color correcting, uh, you know, how to sharpen, when to sharpen, what needs to be in focus, what doesn't need to be in focus, you know, centering your images, balance on a photo and things like that. I just, I, in all those areas, I just kept learning and reading a little bit more and more to where it's like just kind of coming together. And then like, finally, you know, the final product I'm like, I'm happy with and stuff like that. And I, and I can see that everybody else is happy with it too. So, yeah. Well, I watched that. So Clark Little is one of my favorite, like he's so awesome. It's rad what he does. Um, and you know, all the shore break stuff and I, you, you're like, Oh, he just gets seized by jumping in a wave, right? It's really easy. You just go and take a picture. I learned real quick trying to video edit with this podcast, mm-hmm. how difficult things are. Like whatever you see people doing something good, it's hard. Like whatever <laughs> it is, it's hard. So in that documentary, he's like, he takes 
thousands of pictures. That dude's out in the morning and the and late in the afternoon, and he's just doing nothing but taking tons of pictures over and over again, over and over again. And then he goes back and edit, edits all these things for maybe, what, a couple pictures. Yeah. Like, he spends hours upon hours upon hours for, like, two or three photographs, man. Do you do Absolutely. the same thing? Because action sports, everything's moving. Like, it's really difficult to get something, yeah. that perfect thing. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's, I believe that's not even just with action sports, but like, you know, wedding photography, it's always about just like that, that one special moment. I know it seems kind of cliche, you know, as a photographer, but like, that is, it's, that's what it is. It comes down to like that one moment where, you know, all, everything is aligned, you know, the shot looks perfect. The lighting is perfect. The, the athlete is, you know, doing the action that it's at, at the right time and everything like that. And, you know, with action sports, I do tend to shoot in a burst mode. So, it, you know, it fires off about, I think my camera's like 12 or something like that. I don't, can't, I don't even know, like, let's say 12 uh, frames a second or something, which is, nah, it's fast. Anyway, so I'll fire off a bunch of shots, hoping sometimes that, you know, I get the right shot, depending on the sport that I'm doing. So the surfing one, I had a burst mode with rollerblading. I kind of know when to fire off the shot. You know, I don't have to always have it in a burst mode because I, I know how fast they're going to be grinding down the rail, how long it's going to take them to get to the end, exactly where I want to put them and stuff like that. I definitely have gone out on sessions to where, you know, I I have taken 2,000 photos and I'm like, five of these are good. And it's kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, it, it just happens that way. You're like, you know, whether it's like, because of adjusting your, you know, your exposure, your aperture and things like that. Um, you know, the depth, like just sometimes it's, and it's all personal preference, you know, like it's what I think is what I am happy with to put out. I've shown stuff to my wife and she's like, why don't you use this one? Or why don't you use this? One? Like, this is great. I'm like, ah, you know, I, I'm, I'm really hard on myself when I pick photos and stuff like that. And, you know, when you're going out with these other skaters and stuff like that they know they know exactly what a photo to them what they want to look like how it's supposed to look and stuff like that because of you know the culture and, and the recent magazines and stuff like that and but I think it's kind of cool I hope that you know I'm kind of bringing something new to the industry as far as like my photography I like to think that I am you know um because that's as a photographer, you do want to stand out. You want to be different and, and things like that. I will say like, if you want to get noticed as a photographer, like, like that guy, like you have to go out all the time and shoot. I mean, if you're going to be inside editing thousands of photos, you know, maybe, maybe today is the day that the waves are the biggest and, you know, all the surfers are out, but I'm not out there, then they're never going to know who I am. I mean, that, and that's like, you know, the marketing side of it, as a photographer, you've got to, you just got to be out there. You have to be, and you can promote on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. But the best key is, is to, is exposure and just putting yourself physically out there in front of these athletes. Even if I go to a skate park and I'm like, you know, I see a skateboarder doing something, they're not going to know who I am unless I go and approach them and stuff like that. And, you know, and even though they're a different sport than what I do, like, they're still kind of like a connection of like, Hey, like, I know what goes on here. I know like the vibe and everything like that. So I, I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm in my ele element to approach people like that. Um, you know, with, with uh, portrait stuff, it, it's, it's different, you know, like that's one reason why, like, I never really wanted to do weddings. Um, people always ask like, Oh, you're good. So you're going to be like the wedding photographer. I was like, no way. Like I have done weddings and <laughs> like, you know, they were fine. They were for family and stuff like that. But like, I'll do it for family real cheap. Like don't expect like high end wedding portrait stuff or whatever. It's just not for me. Like that's, I think, I feel like, I guess I'm a little edgier than that. I don't know. So it's a crazy yeah. gig. If you think about it, like, I mean, if you're doing it for somebody else, I'm just putting myself in your shoes and I'm like, man, if you miss or if you don't get the right photo or the photos that they want at the right time, or, I mean, people get hopped, hopped up on their weddings. I mean, it's, it's intense, man. Like you can't mess up this perfect day and you're sitting there. Like if something goes wrong on your end, they can never get that back. And so you're forever like 
chewed out by this person and you've made a bad name yeah. for yourself. It's, it's hot. I can see that as being crazy pressure to take photos at a wedding. Yeah. Uh, dude, if, you know, if I had a bride come on, she's, they're like, you know, how come you didn't capture, you know, this moment here or, or somebody complains about how their face looks and like in, in all the photos, I'm like, I don't like, you just don't, you just don't smile. I don't know. Like if, and that's the other thing is people think that they smile. I'm like, if you don't smile, like somebody has to tell you, I'm not going to tell you, but I'll take the photo. And you're like, you know, you didn't get any of me smiling. I'm like, it's, it's not that I didn't get any of you smiling. You just don't smile. <laughs> so, you know, I, <laughs> like you may I get 12 pictures a second lady. Yeah. You don't smile. I mean, like my, you know, my dad, bless his heart. Like I have tried to walk him through how to take a proper photo. And he, every single time he'll just close his eyes. Like he just doesn't get it. Like I, I'm like, dad, like you gotta like, just keep them open. And then it's always like this awkward, like robot, like, all right, my eyes are open, you know, nothing's natural. So if I ever take a photo of my dad, it has to be just candid. Like when he's not expecting it. Of course, like when I'm pointing the camera at him, then he like looks at me and he's like, you know, has to adjust like in this, you know, oh, camera's at me. I got to smile now. I'm like, nah, just do your thing. Cause we all know, you you know, you're probably going to blink and or whatever. So I, his, uh, his second marriage, his second marriage, so the, my stepmother and, and he, their wedding, she, you know, my stepmom was saying like almost all the photos, like he, his eyes are just closed the entire time. And I'm like, he just, you know, that's just how he takes photos. And, uh, and unfortunately that's just how a lot of people take photos. You know, they're just, they're bad photo takers or catchers, I guess. I don't know how you say it, but yeah. <laughs> well, if it's easy, if it was, I mean, if it was easy to model for photos, everybody would be a model and making a bunch of money. That's why they get paid a bunch of money to do that. You know, that's why yeah. Clark Little gets paid a bunch of money to take pictures of waves crashing into the sand. Like, yeah. Oh, he takes pictures of turtles and wave crashing in the sand, and they are ridiculously awesome. He gets paid good money, and he has Hurley shorts. You know, he's sponsored and all this stuff. But because he puts so much work and effort and time into making something good, like, that's why they get it. So, I mean, taking photos the same way. Like, you asked to take a photo of somebody, they're going to get nervous and stiff and act natural. Like, oh, wait, what's natural? Let me think what's about natural? acting natural. You know, that's, that's a difficult <laughs> thing to do. Like, I'll just act natural. Like, I was acting natural before you said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, the key, the, the key of the photographer is to make people feel at ease and stuff like that. And I just find I do it best with action sports. Cause like I get it, you know, I I've done action sports all my life. And um, when it comes to portrait stuff, I can do it. I, I don't mind doing it. I like it. Um, but I feel like every photographer should definitely know how to take a portrait you know, uh, definitely a self portrait and stuff like that. But, you know, even capturing just like wave stuff like that, um, that's a skill. Cause like, it's all about timing. It's about composition and things like that. Like for sure, if it, if it, and you would think like, Oh, they're just capturing a wave, like crashing on rocks and stuff like that. I'm like, how hard could that be? I'm like, it's, it's not that it's hard to do, but like, you have to have like, you know, some talent or skill and know how to work the cameras and know what good composition is, good lighting. That's, I mean, that's like photography 101. Uh, and then to combine all those things, just to make a little wave splashing on a rock look really cool that somebody's like, yeah, I want to blow this up and put it on my wall. That's, that takes skill, man. And I, I try it. Uh, I'm not that good at it, to be honest. I'm like, shit, this does not look good. This doesn't look like, you know, what I think it's supposed <laughs> to look like. So, <laughs> but it takes, I mean, like it, it takes practice, man. It takes a bunch of stuff. Like I can imagine, I, I want to know how much, how much time do you put into actually editing the photos to get everything? Cause you, like you said, you're harder on your stuff and you see, and you, you like, you'll nitpick everything in a photo, things that we may not notice but it's what makes the photo so good. So yeah. you notice the things we don't that make the photos look so like pow. And you're like, oh man, that's awesome. Well, that does little details. It wouldn't look so awesome. So how, how long does it take for you to go through and edit the photos that you post, like even on your Instagram or on your website or for, for these people that, you know, you go out and take pictures for. Yeah. Good question. I, so it will take me, let's say, 
recently I put up this photo of Hayden and, you know, I'm scrolling through and I have about maybe 50 shots of him doing, you know, just two grinds. That's it on this rail. And once I pick the two that I like, which, you know, it doesn't maybe takes like five, 10 minutes tops. I go through my editing process, which uh, can take anywhere from like 30 minutes to four or five hours, depending on what I want to do to the photo. Um, I, I integrate three different softwares in my editing. So I use Photoshop, I use Camera Raw, I use Photoshop, I use uh, Luminar, uh, Lightroom. I just kind of, I integrate sometimes one photo with all of those things because sometimes they just do different things better than the other one. And so I float them back and forth. That, and that takes some time. Um, you know, depending on how hard I want to be on myself as far as critiquing an image and how detailed I want to go into it, I've definitely spent about eight hours on one photo before. Uh, and so like some of my landscape stuff, I just go through and, you know, sometimes people will say it's, it's all personal preference. So some people are like, Oh, this is completely Photoshopped. I'm like, well, yeah, it is. I, it's Photoshopped. I've, I Photoshopped a lot of stuff work went into it using that thing. Now I don't do like, I don't like to do uh, what is it called? Like basically you take somebody and put them in another scene and stuff like that. I don't do those type of collaborations or anything like that. I can, but it's just not my style. Um, I try to get as close as I can to how the scene actually was with a little bit of a pop, if you will. So some more contrast, and a little bit more color. That's just what I like. Uh, I've learned in the over time to kind of dial it back a little bit because too much saturation kind of just doesn't seem real, you know, like in green. So like in greens, like in trees and stuff like that, or bushes, you know, sometimes they're not always, they're not actually green, you know? So, uh, that's when like I was learning a lot more about color correcting that I, I want to try to get an image as close as I can to how I saw it in my actual eye being there on the location and then with a little bit of a pop, you know? And uh, so, yeah, uh, if I'm trying to edit real quick, I do have a couple of presets that I'm like, all right, I can knock this out, you know, 10, 15 minutes real quick. And it, I'm not taking that much time. But the, the longest I've worked on one photo is eight hours. And that was a, a landscape shot for sure. So, yeah. So you go out, I mean, you go out and you have to be out when everybody's out doing that. And then you got to come back and figure out time to edit it. And then this is another thing that documentary that is so cool watching. Like, this is what things, weird things fascinate me. I'm not a photographer. So, I'm, but I'm watching, I'm like, man, he goes out and he, he has this schedule. He goes out and he takes pictures of these times a day. And when it's good, like you said, you got to be out there when it's good and the weather in San Diego is always good. So there's always things to shoot. Right. And so you're mm -hmm. out there, you have to be out make like making contacts, doing that. When do you edit whenever they're not doing their stuff, which yeah. is in the evening or at night or whatever. And so you've got these, you accumulate these long days. I mean, people talk about working 12 hour days. It doesn't may not seem so much like that hard labor, but that's a lot of time to go out there and do that and then put this together and then have it ready for somebody in a short time frame. Yeah, definitely. If, you know, if, if I had a client that is looking for a quick turnaround time, I'm probably going to be editing nonstop until like I have to send it to him because I want to make sure that everything's perfect. Uh, you know, recently I, I was shooting some product stuff for red eye wheels. It's a rollerblading wheel. Um, and it's just, it was basic product photography, wheels on a seamless white background and stuff like that. But to make sure that everything is aligned, you know, everything's sharpened in place and stuff like that, making sure my lighting is all correct and then bringing it back into the post process. Um, you know, the photography stuff is no problem for me. I can do that really quickly and just knock it out once I have like the system, but then the editing that, that took me two days to finish editing eight sets of wheels just because I wanted everything to be aligned and perfect and look simultaneous and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it took two days, uh, two, two five hour days. Cause I gave myself a break and I'm like, you know, when, when you, when you get to doing your own job, I mean, you set your own times. If I wanted to crush through that and work all one day, I would be, you know, 12 hours doing it, but 
I had a glass of wine. I went out and walked my dog and, you know, came back, did some more editing, you know? So I imagine you have to do that sometimes to like, just to re-see the photograph, like, or the, what you're looking at, like to get a fresh look at it. Cause you've been looking at it for so long. You're like, okay, I need to, I need to take a break, come back and look at it again. Yeah, definitely. I like two, two, three hours staring at a screen and then like zooming in and stuff like that. That can be like, you just get tired, man. Like you got to give yourself a break go, and, you know, go out. I'll walk my dog, like I said, and you know, he's happy. Then I come back and I'm, you know, I'm happy and stuff like that. Make some lunch or something or dinner. And, you know, and then I finish it up and the product and I look at it and I'm like, I'm happy with it, send it over. And, you know, I think they were happy with it. So, yeah. Awesome. Dude, that's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's just fascinating to me all the way around, like all that stuff, like how much time and effort you put into it. Um, how do you get involved with all of these, like all these different companies? Do you reach out to them or is it just people that you've known through the industry? Yeah, it, I've reached out. So, so my biggest one that I did last year was for power slide. And so basically what happened is that we had, there was like a small competition that happened kind of like when pandemic all kind of started. So it was kind of like, you know, we're not really trying to gather a bunch of people and stuff, but it happened anyway. And so I was taking photos and, um, there was just this guy I knew he was sponsored and stuff like that, but, and he's a really good skater too. And like, I, I wasn't skating myself. And so when he was doing tricks, I just ran over to him and was like, Hey, do you mind doing that trick again? I thought it was dope. And, uh, he did the trick on the quarter pipe. And then I, you know, um, I sent that image over to his sponsor and I was like, Hey, you know, would you be interested in purchasing this image for, uh, some advertisement for your, you know, your business or whatever, they weren't interested just because it was at a skate park. I, I think they focus a little bit more like on the actual like urban street and stuff like that. And, or for whatever reason, uh, but they were looking for a photographer in the United States because they were based out of Germany, Germany. And um, they asked me if I lived in LA, I was like, oh, I live in San Diego actually. And they were like, Oh, well, San Diego's pretty, pretty beautiful. Right. And I was like, it's amazing. Are you kidding? Palm trees everywhere, beach, everything. And, uh, they bait i mean all off of this one photo they're like yeah we we'd like to send you some product and if you can get some models to use the product and and do a photo shoot uh you know what do you charge and i to be honest i was a little blown away that it just took like one photo out of nowhere cuz my buddy steve was like dude i took a i took another photo that i just put up uh of a guy and he was like no man like that photo you could have gotten paid and i was like all right well you know i don't know like I, I never really like reached out to like a sport company like that. And so he was like, no, like, you know, if they're, if they are somebody like if they're sponsored or something, like you should be getting paid for that content. I was like, okay. And so after that, when I sent in that photo, it was just crazy. He was like, yeah, we'll send you some product. Um, if you can just get the models and, you know, do the photo shoot, uh, you know, what do you charge? And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. And uh, I, I threw him a number and actually I, I split that number in half because I was like, Hey, I charge this much. And since this was the first time I've worked with them, I, I just kind of wanted to negotiate a deal. I was like, let's split it in half. But if you can throw me some skates as well, uh, half the number, that'd be great. And they were like, yeah, this seems fair. Absolutely. So they send over like nine pairs of rollerblades, uh, and like pads and helmets and things like that. Like I have this photo of almost just like, I live in a studio apartment here in San Diego. So like literally my whole like studio was just filled with like rollerblade stuff. And I like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, cause growing up, like as a, you know, rollerblader, like, you know, you always want to have free stuff from the industry and stuff like that. And, you know, be sponsored. And that's always so cool. But so to do it in a way where I like, I'm giving back to the industry and I'm like somehow was able to get skates out of it. Like I, it was cool that I got paid, but I was like, dude, I got free skates. Like, this is, this is so sick. And so I, you know, I, I mean, I was like, yeah, I got paid, but like the skates though, like, cause I, I love to skate and that's, you know, and I love to take photos. I'm like, man, I literally just meshed the two and it was just like a dream come true, man. And, uh, 
so I had the people lined up of like who I wanted to uh, do the urban shoot. They wanted an urban shoot and a fitness shoot. And I basically went on Facebook on this uh, rollerblade group and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for some athletes to do a photo shoot and stuff like that. And so I had my two days where we, we went out and did like an urban shoot uh, with some guys and, and a girl that I knew. And, um, you know, it turned out really great. And then the next day or the next week, we did the the fitness shoot, which was uh, really cool. It was like by the beach and in PB, which is like a famous spot and, you know, palm trees everywhere. Just like, you know, classic San Diego rollerblading on the beach, Cali vibe kind of a thing. And I took probably on both of those shoots, 4,000 images. And so I, you know, obviously I didn't keep all of them, but I sent them over quite a lot and they they loved them they were like we just you know they they loved the vibe they you know the the cali sun because it was like super gold at that time and, and stuff and the palm trees and it just had a really good vibe and so uh i think i was you know i hooked them and they they liked it and i i think i was easy to work with and stuff like that uh there was a good communication with the guy that i was talking to and uh so I think in the springtime, we're, we're going to be working on another photo shoot for some of their new line that they're going to be working out as well. So that's so rad, man. Just, just by, just by taking photos and putting it out there and you get this job and then you get the free skates and the sponsor, like that's what you want as when you're doing that, you really don't even think dollar signs when you're skating. At least I did, and I always thought I just want to be a pro so I can get the free rollerblades and the wheels. That's like better than money, right? Like that's that's yeah. way better than money if you get that. I mean, if you have the money, you can buy them. But it's way cooler yeah, that yeah, the yeah. company appreciates what you're doing. Like they appreciate you using their product so much, they give it to you for free. You figured out how to do that through photography. Yeah, and so that I think that's a really cool. Like it's really cool to see how just a passion and things that you love to do and just doing something like it just evolved into this vocation and like you're still in it and you're, you're actually like better at this than you are maybe at skating, but you've somehow made the two blend together. You know what I mean? It's it's just, it's awesome. It's cool to see that. And I love it because a lot of people would quit or not do it. Or I know, cause I did it, you know, I went a different way and, you know, went off into the regular working stuff and stopped skating and all that good stuff. And it's like, man, I think back sometimes ago, if I'd have just kept doing it, I could have been in some sort of area like what you're doing, maybe not in photography, but in something else, like you meet people and then you get to be involved in the thing you love. It doesn't have to be necessarily that job. That's your passion. Like I don't have to be a pro rollerblader, but I can still be involved in rollerblading and it's filling that like passion tank up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely was a little sour towards the end of like, I guess you could say like my rollerblading days, like when I would skate all the time, just cause like, you know, it, it really wasn't taking me anywhere. I wasn't really like doing anything with it. Not that like, I mean, like you said, I wanted to be sponsored or, or and stuff like that growing up. And so it really had to come to this realization that I'm like, Hey, look, like, you're only as good as you are like it's cool like you have to accept that and and i was totally fine with that like i was like eh, my level is here you know it's never gonna be here or anything like that but i still love the industry um and i think i think when my buddy keaton he passed away uh, there was like just this you know really big thing inside me that was like man like you have one life on this earth and you need to really like go for it, go for like what it is that you, that you love doing. And I knew I wanted to be still rollerblading or, or, you know, somehow part of the industry. And I was doing a lot more video back in the day. And I was, you know, I, I focused my efforts on photography, which it, 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 like I said, I just blended the two together. And uh, I think it's been working out pretty well so far. And it, it took me a while to believe in myself that I could actually do this, you know, for a living and, and to do, and just to do it. I mean, it's hard to, to believe in yourself in something where you're like, man, there's no way. Like I I used to have super high doubts. Like, I don't know why 
I doubted myself a lot. And that's like, doubt is like one of the, the worst things to do to yourself for anybody that wants, to, that has dreams of doing something like doubts will just kill it. And you've got to be able to like find it within yourself uh, to just push past that. And, you know, some, something that helped me out was meditation. So I, I started meditating actually about two years ago when we first moved here to San Diego. And it, it basically was just like reteaching myself to like live in the moment, you know, not be, not have so much anxiety and stuff like that. Cause like, you know, working in the restaurant industry, I, I, I had a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. And like, you know, a new place and not knowing people here and stuff like that, you know, I had to, I had to learn a lot. I had to learn a lot about myself. Um, so I had to grow, you know, and as soon as I started like believing in myself and trusting myself and listening to the people that were telling me like, dude, like you're good. Cause I used, I used to hear that sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, you're just, you know, you're just blowing smoke up my ass or whatever. Like you're just, you're just saying stuff. Like I appreciate it, but I just, I never believed it for myself. I really didn't. And you know, my wife was like, you don't understand. Like you have a talent, like you're talented. And like most people don't like they don't. And like, I just, I don't know. Like, I got, I would feel bad sometimes. I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't like hearing that. Uh, and it, I just never believed in myself. And it, it wasn't until recently that I started, you know, having to change my mindset uh, and meditation helped a lot. So. Well, and it also helped like, and, and I'm hearing things too, and I totally believe in the meditation thing. And I believe there's a lot of different ways you can do it. What different ways of meditation works for different people. Yeah. All that good stuff. Like it definitely is a powerful thing to work. But one thing that I've noticed, you know, in my life, like that reflects just in this podcast or anything that I do, my regular job, working out, you name it, rollerblading, whatever, is having that support system, like your wife supporting you like that being honest with you, but supporting you and what you're good at, like, and pushing, because a lot of times when you're really good at something, you always see the people who are better than you. And you're like, oh man, I got to get there before I can really do anything with this. And you're like, not yeah. really, man, you're good enough. <laughs> yeah. She's man. She's my rock. Like she is just, she believes in me. She supports me. Uh, she has, all the belief in the world for me and she knows that she she knows that I can do it and you know I was a completely different person before I met her and she has just made me like just so much better in my per in my personal opinion I'm like man I'm a better person because of her I really am uh and I I know that my friends have told me that my you know my family's told me that and uh when it comes to you know me doing this she hundred percent supports it. She wants me to be doing what I love in life. And, you know, there's, I'm going to be honest, there's days or there's months where like, I don't have gigs going on. Like there's, there, you know, I'm not getting paid or anything like that. And it's, it's like a trust. We have, we're, we're, we have to trust each other. We we're both a team and like, she helps me see certain sides of things that I don't necessarily see. And I think it's, that's like my better half that I, I love about her. And because I have a certain idea of like how I want to go about things. And then she brings her perspective into it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. You know? And it's, it's like a, it's a mutual respect thing between us and um, it's better both of our lives. I think not just in a business sense, but relationship and, and stuff like that. So. Dude, that, this is such a cool story, man. I love, <laughs> I love things like this where it all comes together, like where everything just comes together. And a lot of it has, I know a lot of it has to do with, you know, you say right place, right time, but you're willing to pull a trigger and meet people. Like the foundations of what your stuff is built on is rad, man. I dig it. I dig all of it. The, the photos, everything. It's cool. Let everybody know where they can find you as far as like find your photos, get in touch with you. Have you take some pictures of them? Like, are you willing to travel too? Like, do you travel? Yeah. Over, will you travel to go take pictures of people? Absolutely. I will travel. There might be a traveling fee, you know, but I will travel. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm at com. 
My Instagram is at Gino Gotelli, at Gino Gotelli Portraits, and at Gino Gotelli Landscapes. So I have three different Instagrams there. I just keep them separate. Uh, I have my website, as I said. I am on Facebook, but I don't really put much up on there. Just my website and, you know, uh, Instagrams. You can you can get me there. So. Right on. Well, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. They can click links. And when, you know, all that stuff, post on Instagram everywhere, man, because I think your stuff's rad, dude. I'm really happy you came on. This is This is fun. Dude, thank you so much. I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you bet. All right, cheers, brother. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Please go support Gino and all the stuff that he is doing. And don't forget to like, rate, review, and share on all your social media platforms. It means the world to us and helps us out so much. And until the next episode, see ya.